Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Do you remember where you were when we elected a Sasquatch president? How about when you learned Ben Franklin was a robot? Or first heard Stalin's mixtape? I'm Zach Powers. I'm Brian Flynn, and we host The Revisionists. Each episode, one person explains real history and another tells an alternate version. And the winner becomes the truth. We let comics from Denver and around the country run wild through history. It's an in-depth look at history, but with more Babadooks. Check out The Revisionists, available every other Saturday. Wherever you get podcasts and at revisionistspodcast.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome, Welcome to Real, Real Nerds, Nerds Podcast. <laughs> Unofficially, the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2018 and beyond. I'm Ryan. With me is James and Zach and Brad. And every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience for the world. This week, we saw a fast-talking woman who also deals cards in Molly's Game, <laughs> the directorial debut of Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Stay tuned to the end of the show. We'll review it. Can you spoil a movie that's actually fact-based? I don't know. We'll find out. Um, no. <laughs> Perfect answer. <laughs> uh, we also talk about movies that are coming out on Blu-ray movie news and um, what we've been watching. <laughs> My kid. He really wants to show me his truck. Are there cars in the truck? Yes. And we get distracted by Ryan's son on the show. Yes, <laughs> yes, every once in a while. Yeah. When he makes an appearance. I like that hat, buddy. Oh, thanks. I uh, got it at the Air and Space Museum. It's a NASA hat. Yeah, what have you been doing this past week? <laughs> Walking. Uh, yeah, me too. Through the corridors of knowledge in our nation's I, capital. I did. You know, my <laughs> wife wasn't very excited. I, I got us a trip to Washington, D.C., and she didn't want to go. And Because she uh, hates America. She does. It's <laughs> unbelievable. She voted libertarian. Of course she does. Um <laughs> So, we're f so the night before, Kellen gets like the stomach bug, and so I dropped off my patrol car at this station. I need to get it worked on, and so I come home and Kellen's up. I'm like, you know, What's from you? all the pedestrians you've been running over. Yep, they get just stuck in the grill, and um, Kellen's up. I'm like, "What's he doing up?" She's like, "He just threw up everywhere." I was like, "Oh, I'm sure he's fine." <laughs> and so I gave him some water, and he looked at me and went, Bleh, "Threw up everywhere." I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And so my wife is already. Um, you guys have never traveled. You've traveled. Have you traveled with my wife? Uh, no, no. Well, we got to tell you right together. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah. But okay. I guess uh, flying. My wife is very a very anxious flyer. Yeah. So the night before, she's really unbearable, and um, so he's throwing uh, by, up. By that you mean needs your support. 
No, because <laughs> I can say stuff like it's going to be okay, and she's like, yeah, leave me, leave me. she's one of those people where you can just. You know my wife really well, James. Yeah. You can feel the stress off of her. She's yeah. one of those people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just feel it. So he's throwing up, and she looks at me, and she says, well, I guess we can't go now. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> she said, well, he's sick. I said, well, you know what? He's We're going. Um, I said, again, yeah, you, be fine. you can stay here, or you can go. Your choice. Um, so my plan was to wake up at 3.30 cause she, to ride the light rail down there, because I want to spend $100 in parking. Yeah. Um, so we what the fuck is this? And so we we get going and he's feeling better like he threw up just a little bit in the car right there. And I said, "Well, we missed the light rail at uh the Federal Center by like 10 minutes." Uh-huh. I said, "I will beat it to uh, I didn't want to stay at Union Station because you have to pay it a lot to park there." Mm-hmm. So I decided, I was like, "Well, I'll beat it um to 40th and Tower." And then there, it's like $2 a day to park there. Yeah, he, Uncle James has it, buddy. Um, so I'm getting up there, and she's like, we're almost here. Why don't we just park in the garage? I'm like, well, I don't want to pay 100 bucks. I don't care. It's like, whatever. So I park in the garage. We get there, and as soon as we get out of the car, Kellen says, I'm hungry. I'm like, ah, man, I don't know if I can give. So I, so I prepped him. I gave him his water, and he downed it, and he didn't throw it up. So I was like, all right, I guess you... It must have been like some sort of food poisoning or like I'd have never heard of like a six hour stomach bug. But yeah, uh, he was fine. He started eating, got on the plane. He passed out. My wife, the plane takes off and she's just like, and me, I I, I travel for Qdoba so much that I don't even fucking care anymore. Whatever. I'm on a plane. Um, It shakes. It vibrates. It happens. And um, and you (laughs) so whatever. Were you flying into BWI? Uh, No, uh, Ronald Reagan. Oh, okay. Uh, because the Ronald Reagan had the Metro from there to like two blocks from our hotel. Sure. So I didn't want to rent a car after I talked to everybody. Um, so we got there and we, and as we're, the plane's coming in, I said, Oh, look at You can see the Washington monument. And my wife's like, Oh, I mean, it's nice. So she's like starting to (laughs) teeter on like, maybe this might be cool. So the first day I, she stayed at the hotel. I got a really nice hotel, um, because the flight was so inexpensive um, and so, you know, it's a hotel that they have free drinks and free happy hour snacks. It's an embassy suites, which are awesome hotels or Hilton's. So she goes there. I leave. I go to Ford's theater and I go to, um, the white house. I do all this stuff. She said she didn't want to do. Um, so I come back and she's all like refreshed and, um, she's like, she's okay. And I said, so tomorrow I'm going to go to the zoo and then I'm gonna we're gonna go to the Air and Space Museum. Do you want to go to those with us? And she said, "Yeah, I want to go to both of those." So we get to the zoo. She sees the panda. Now she's hey. starting to get like behind this trip, um, and she's like, "Wait, we don't pay. We just walk in." I'm like, "Yeah, it's all free. Like everything in the Smithsonian is free, and a lot of stuff at uh, in Washington D.C. is free. That's <laughs> a good thing because fucking food is so expensive going out to eat. Yeah. They get you. Yeah. Um, you so, should hear about New York, man. Oh, yeah. It's, you ever paid $100 for a pizza? I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we paid $49 for uh, cheese and grape and cracker box and two hot dogs at the Smithsonian. So, Holy shit. Um, yeah. Uh, so we did that. And then the next day we did um, uh, the American History and the Natural History Museum. Um, and then it was really cold and the wind was blowing. So we'd kind of just left. I mean, I still did other things, but it was fun. And then Laura was 
cool. Yeah. The rest of the time. I, 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 I know she doesn't like the history stuff, but it's like if you just go there and you have an open mind, it's nice. And she even got to a point where if the wind wasn't blowing, it was like minus 10 degrees, this wind. Yeah. Um, she's like, well, I want to go see the White House. I'm like, what? It's so weird. Like, pee on it. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's still like a cool building no matter it who is. lives in it. Yeah. Um, mm. It's got a weird squatter in it right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so she, she really I'm not sure warmed up and get to it. Um, like the last two times I tried to go near the White House, it was like blocked off. Yeah, you can't. So you can get to like the park before the White House, and you can like, oh, I can see it. Because yeah. you know, I think Bush, when he was in office, someone jumped and ran there. Two people did it for Obama. Like, well, guess we can't let people near the White House anymore. But they did. You can go into the back into like the White House Society and check out like what it's like to live in there. Um, it was it was cool. And then I. Went to the Treasury Department, and I got too close to the statue there, I guess. I started walking oh, up. Oh, shit. And I didn't know. I mean, it was blocked off, but I walked up the stairs. Did you pull the police officer card? No. <laughs> I was walking up the stairs, and, uh, I'm an agent. and I started taking a picture of um, whatever monuments there. And I, I looked to, like at my peripheral, and I could see like Secret Service starting to walk towards me. I'm like, oh, maybe I went too far. So I like, took a picture, and I started walking down. And they, I guess they're just checking me out. Um, but no, it's a really cool place. It's easy. Once you get the layout, it's pretty easy to get around. Um, They're checking you out going like, he looks good. Call, yeah. call the condor. Looks good. We'll get um, him at the hotel at so night. So yeah, <laughs> it was fun. I, it's something I always wanted to do. Is that a camera gun? Then, <laughs> 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 and it's, uh, you know, it's you read about stuff and it's cool when you go to Ford's Theater and see the boot that they cut off John Wilkes Booth when he had his leg worked on by the Dr. Mud and cool. they had a pillow with Lincoln's blood on it. Did they have a review? Ew. Did they have a review of the play that night? Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, that, I wanted to go to the play like I needed a hole in the head. How, but. Did, they, how did they finish uh, that play? What? Did they, how did they finish that play? Like, did they start it back up? <laughs> like, once they got Lincoln well, out, were they like, like, okay, like, guys, here, we're in the third act. <laughs> let me remind you what's been going on. That I was felt really, like, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, I felt like the story had a lot of holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was really cool, though. When I was there at Fort's Theater, you don't have to pay to get in there, but if you do, then you reserved a spot. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things that they can only have so many people in there. And when I went in there, um, I was like me and two people. And the park ranger's like, you want to go up there? I mean, there's no one here. It's like, you can look through the whole theater if you want. I was like, all yeah. right. <laughs> and they said, oh, we opened up the balcony if you want to go look at it. <laughs> said, oh, wow. Wait, they're setting you up. <laughs> He's like, okay, no one comes in here. See. Please hang out with me. Watch your show. Are you okay? Things get okay. weird. The, the park <laughs> ranger uh, putting on a show so for him. <laughs> it was fun, and you see things like you know that you never would expect to see. And, yeah, no, that's um, awesome. You know they had Oscar the Grouch there, and did you see the in, um, the tra- in a trash can? jacket? And- uh, no, they didn't have that, but they did have the 1989 Batmobile. Like right in, as soon as you walk in, I'm like, oh, oh, snap. oh sweet, we're, we're proud of this. <laughs> like, that's cool. Yeah, don't, and the American history one. Don't know if you would. Have noticed it? Did you see a ventriloquist dummy in one of those cases at one point? Mm, yeah, the Howdy Doody. Are you talking about Howdy Doody or Charlie McCarthy? Mm, I didn't see that one. Oh. They had it there when I went there when I was a mm. kid. So it was like awesome. But yeah, it was cool. They had like the present one. I really like the present one because they had like carriages and like Lincoln's oh, top hat he wore when he got assassinated. And my dad and I were, I was showing like my dad some photos of Ford Theater and whatnot. And, I think we got the bug. We might try to do a trip like that like sure. later in the fall just because. Frontier, $20 each way. Yeah. You're flying Frontier, which is <laughs> awful. But yeah, $20 and a little bit of your soul. Just a little just bit. Just a little bit. 
Um, does it have the animals on the outside of the plane? It does. We had <laughs> Sammy. The, we had Sammy the squirrel both ways. There you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's what I did. Thanks for me spill. Uh, before oh. we get into the show, the Denver film community lost a really big uh, part of it. Uh, I met Patrick Sheridan once and interviewed him, and he was a wonderful guy. But you guys had way more experiences with him, so I was wondering if you guys wanted to share a little bit with our listeners, uh, Patrick Sheridan. Yeah, I mean, Brad's worked with him like much more than I have. My 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 experience with him though was like before I even met you guys, um, Michael Sharon, the guy who uh, shot our short film Twombly, he and um, uh, he had gotten in touch with Patrick to help us out with possibly producing. And what ended up happening was that he couldn't really help us out as a producer the way we would have wanted to, but he did help us get our casting sessions going. He organized them for us. He made all the spreadsheets and everything, and he got us the actors. And the actor that he ended up getting for us was Michael Vasicek, who played the lead role of the film. So without Patrick Sheridan, I wouldn't have had Michael Vasicek in my film because I wouldn't have known where to look. I would have just done a casting call at the school. So, um, and when Patrick, uh, when we, when we made the film and then we showed it at stars and whatnot, we then put it, took it to EFP in January of 2013 and Patrick was there. He introduced me. I went up and did my Q and a, and then I left the stage. And then the next day, um, Patrick wrote a long thing on Facebook about how much he loved the film and how much he loved seeing Michael Vasicek give that performance on screen. And it felt a lot, it meant a lot to me for him to like display that much affection for something that we like kind of created out of nothing. And, and he was very supportive and he was just, he's a kind man. Like he had a, he, he had a, he had an interesting sense of humor that I remember. And I dug that and he was very straightforward. He didn't bullshit you. Um, he was just a nice guy. I wish I had spent more time with him. Um, like just hanging out at the bug theater and whatnot. Cause like there's for, for the little experience that I had with him, like so many other people had so much more that meant even more to them. Like, you know, like he's only one part of a bigger puzzle for me, but like for a lot of people, he was their like part of a big part of their life. So, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to miss him. It, it, it sucks. It really sucks. Cancer fucking sucks. Yeah, I didn't actually interact with him with him as much as people think, oh. but um, uh, like he worked on Eileen's film. Um, kind of gave me some pointers on how to work the jib crane, and then uh, for the last year's forty eight hour, he recommended some actors join our team. So, um, but I, I was just always around to help out with whatever he needed with EFP and stuff, and then. Um, shortly before he died, he asked me to like make a logo for a podcast and book he was, you know, planning to write, write and produce, and uh, that won't be a thing now. So, um, but yeah, he's a great guy. Really encouraged young filmmakers. Um, his philosophy for acting, because he, he was a big like youth acting coach, coach and stuff, was to just mm-hmm. not act, just be yourself, and uh, you know, not try to be a character, just be a person. With the BU. The, yeah, I saw a lot of that on posts and whatnot, and he was just like really encouraging. Like he, he treated like especially my experience with every actor who came through on the casting sessions that like, and he sat in with us throughout each session. Like even though he knew he wasn't going to be doing the full task and whatnot, he just sat there with us. And he, when when someone would leave, we he'd sit down and discuss with me and Mike quite frankly about what he thought, and like and it taught me a lot about how you've got to like 
go through that decision making process very carefully because when you pick your actor, like that's your actor, unless you like unless I mean, replacing someone is is a hard job if you're not satisfied with them mm-hmm. and like you don't want to do it. And so Patrick kind of taught me how to like be very careful about going through like don't just fall in love with the first person that walks in the door because you're like oh my god you read something we wrote <laughs> so yeah. like you know you, t- you teach a lot he taught a lot about how to like do this job professionally and like like do it maturely you know so um yeah we should probably uh, just I'll, I'll try to re uh repost his uh, interview from yeah, like we- 13 2013 or yeah something. i mean you should be able to find it because it was at Starfest, and i mean that was i only had a few interactions with him but i do remember very vividly my interview with him and he was so passionate and uh he loved helping denver film that's what he was about was denver film and helping um people get a leg up and mm-hmm. um so yeah he'll be missing the denver film community but because of efp and stuff his legacy will always live on because of the lives he's touched with help uh you know cast little pointers you know it's one of those things you always remember in uh, him lending a helping hand so yeah and there's currently a gofundme uh for his uh, ex-wife and kids to uh support them through the the funeral costs and stuff so we'll probably repost that too if you want to mm-hmm. contribute uh don't feel obligated but um it yeah, helps if, if you feel like helping you can is that stuff i mean he's already uh, was suffering from cancer so that's a lot of money and La- he can do to help. He and, lasted yeah. longer than. Um, yeah, he fought hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's he, impressive. He only had six months to live, and he outlived it by like twelve months. So, unfortunately, his Chris- form of cancer was not a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it really wasn't the ca- cancer they got him; it was a, a un- like a related infection. So, yeah, yeah. So, all right, thanks, guys. Thank you, Patrick Sheridan, for all you did for Denver Film. Thanks, um, Patrick. Thanks a lot. And uh, so let's start the show in a segment I call This is What's Playing at the Alamo Draft House. <laughs> I forgot to pull it up, so I'm going to um, bullshit for a second. Um, do, you wanna, I, do you want to talk about our trip to New York? Yeah, talk about your trip to New York. Brett, I went to New York. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. It yeah, was we James' were, first time. Yeah, it was, uh, we, we were in Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. We were in Connecticut uh, <laughs> for work stuff when we got done. A little bit early, <laughs> so we had like, and you realize Connecticut is boring. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was three and a half like really really long days of like you know they were like eighteen hour work days, and then when we were done Thursday night, you know we were flying out Friday morning, we were like, okay, uh, Henry is only a two and a half hour drive away. We should just go see Henry. And yeah, I'd never been before, um, and I'm I'm glad that uh, that Brad suggested it because it was pretty dope. Um, I was pretty much excited at anything I saw. I was taking pictures of random streets just because I thought, hey, this is a big street and the buildings around it are kind of big. Look at that amazing pile of trash. <laughs> I did. I took multiple <laughs> photos of like, holy shit, I've never seen this much trash in my life. Like, this trash wouldn't fit in the dumpster outside my apartment. It's when so much trash. you posted that one picture of the trash outside the cafe, all I thought about was rats. Oh, oh. dude. So every bag, every pile <laughs> we would walk by, Henry would kick it in hopes that rats would run out. Um, <laughs> just because he wanted to scare and disturb me. And you know what else is crazy? That wasn't even the biggest pile of trash. <laughs> oh, there was, oh, no. They kept getting bigger and bigger, and I just got bored with taking pictures. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I did the same thing. I have a few different photos on my, on my phone of piles of trash because I'd see one and be like, holy shit. And then you see another one, and it was like outside of a cafe, and you were like, "Oh, that one's got a lot of rats in it, and it's even bigger." Yeah. And then they just throughout the night, like they got boring. Interesting um, tidbit: white bags indicate recycling; black bags are regular trash. Yeah, very yeah, 
Body bags are clear, right? And they will come by and check that trash. <laughs> At our house, we pay extra money for recycling. <laughs> and the trash company literally dumps it in the same truck. <laughs> and I told Laura, I'm like, what do you, why do we pay that? She says, well, I mean, the trash is bagged and the recycling's not. I'm like, so let me get this right. They go to the dump and they dump it out and someone's there to sort out the recycling. Yeah, Lucy Fuck and no. Ethel. <laughs> they dump it all in the same thing. They're like, thanks for paying us extra money to recycle. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so convinced that Lucy and Ethel sort it out. And then they have a conveyor belt and someone goes, speed it up. Yeah. It's like chocolate, but sadder. Yeah. And we saw the Empire State Building. Went yeah. to Times Square. And we we made a little video that hopefully you'll get to that see eventually, soon. Eventually, yeah, you'll get to see. Can't you also see a movie? Jeez. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. You can't talk about it. Everyone else has seen it. I mean, the reviews are out. It's okay. There's no embargo. I just don't like the way they, the way they're just holding their smiles. Like I don't care. They can go fuck themselves. Brad, what do you want to say? <laughs> uh, this is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House this week. Um, not a lot of events because, again, they're playing a lot of the uh, Oscar movies. But on Friday, February 9th, Magical Girl, Lyrical Nanoha, Reflection, subtitled, is playing at the Littleton... Um, Ryan, did you have a stroke? No, that's <laughs> what it says. Um, it's playing at the Littleton Alamo Draft House. Uh, on Saturday, the Princess Bride movie party is Ooh. showing twice at 4.30 and 7.30. Ooh. And at Sloan's Lake, they have the PBS Kids with Pinkalicious and Peterific at 10 a.m. I have no idea what that is. Who are those people? I have no idea. I bet it's cool, though. And then on Sunday, the February 11th, you can also see uh, Sideways at Littleton at 6.00. And the birdcage is a Valentine's Day feast at 6.30. That'd be fun. Oh, I that would be cool. I don't like sideways. I don't either. I was talking about uh, the birdcage. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm that just one's saying. Okay. Yeah. Controversial uh, opinion, but... No, I thought it was overrated. Yeah. What's this playing at the Alamo Draft House, Brad? What's happening around town? Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> At the Esquire Midnight, like... <laughs> Midnight, the Esquire Midnight this week is Ichi the Killer. Ooh. And Evil Dead the Musical is still playing at the Bug Theater. I will probably go this weekend. Uh, make sure you get your tickets ahead of time because that show going? sells out. Probably Friday, maybe Saturday. I mean, that's the only options is Friday, Saturday. When's Industry Night again? Uh, I think it's the following week on a Thursday. It's, it's usually, I think, the last Thursday before it closes, so... I might want to go to that one because they said the splatter zone seats are like first come first serve. So if I get there early enough, yeah, um, yeah. So get your tickets if you want to go. It's a fun uh, musical. I think it starts at seven, maybe eight. Sorry. Eight sounds right. I should I should know better because when it's like a show like that, I'm guessing it's a little later. You can go to bugtheater.org to check out uh, that information that I failed to provide you. <laughs> <laughs> that is bug theater r e. Org. Yeah, not oh, ER. Fancy. Yeah. It's the fancy one. We also buy movies on Blu-ray. Yes, we do. Sometimes. Here's what's coming out on Blu-ray. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Only the Brave, uh, which is that movie where the fireman... Josh uh, Brolin fights a fire. Yeah, it's where Josh Brolin fights a fire. Uh, that's out on Blu-ray this week, so you can check that out. Uh, I think they got good reviews. I mean, it's got a yeah. fully, like... Uh, to full a full tomato. The guys sticker. at um, box uh, Blu-ray.com liked it. Cool. Did you read my review of uh, Fugitive Women I sent you? 
I did. The guy, I'm pretty excited to watch it. They gave it three out of point five out of five. Yeah, so seven out of ten. Yeah, that's pretty glowing review. Yeah, um, my copy of Fugitive Girls came in this week. Um, it's pretty fantastic. My mom was was quite disturbed by my purchase. Your mom was very disappointed in yes, you. Yes, <laughs> she was. She was not happy about it at all. Um, Suburbicon is out on Blu-ray this week, which is that, that Matt Damon movie where he may or may not murder a guy, uh, which I was actually pretty excited to see, but I didn't get a chance to. I got to check it out. Yeah. Out of obligation at this point. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a People magazine pick based on this uh, cover sticker here. <laughs> what is that? I do not I throw them any know. credence whatsoever. I, yeah, <laughs> right. Say, they, hey, they got to pick something, right? That's, that's like what they do. <laughs> Uh, a Bad Mom's Christmas is out on Blu-ray this week, um, oh, which, you know, I keep meaning to see that first Bad Mom's because people say it was great. I mean, by great, I mean, like, good. And then this one's got Christmas in it, and Christmas is great, so that's always cool. <laughs> Batman Gotham by Gaslight is out on Blu-ray and 4K this week. Oh, that looks so cool. It, yeah, it kind of does. I'm really intrigued by it. Yeah. I just like the cover. It's got Batman on it. That's pretty good. And Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Uh, out from Shout Factory this week is Pom Poco from Studio Ghibli, mm. uh, which is uh, a, a a different kind of cover for them because it looks just kind of like an Asian release of the film. You know, like it's just like a it's just like a blue, and then there's like a screenshot of like a bunch of bears playing music. So anyway, check out Pom Poco. I guess uh, LBJ uh, is out from Sony Pictures this week, which is the Woody Harrelson film where he plays. Uh, some man whose initials are LBJ. Directed by Rob Reiner. Yep. Day of the Dead Bloodline is out on Blu-ray this week. Another from Lionsgate Films. Another re- remake, sequel, unofficial. Bleh, bleh. I like Jeffrey Reddick. Why does this movie have orcs in it? Because this cover has an orc on it. Uh, or like, actually, I think this is what an undead Navi looks like. That's really what it is. <laughs> zombie Navi. Yeah, this is a this is a zombie Navi. Um but uh yeah, Jeffrey Reddick. The walking Navi. <laughs> he didn't write that one. He just he posted this funny Yeah. tweet where he's like, "Man, now my day of the dead isn't the worst one." I know. <laughs> um yeah. Okay, cool. Uh so check that out if you buy everything that says of the dead. Uh Criterion's putting out Elevator in the Gallows or Elevator to the Gallows, sorry. Uh, which I have no idea what that is. But it's got a lady's face on it and then an arrow pointing upwards. Oh, I already closed it. No, we're moving on. <laughs> um, Tales from Earthsea is out from Shout Factory uh, as well this week, which is another Studio Ghibli film with a sweet-ass looking dragon on the front, which is pretty cool. Uh, All I See Is You, uh, the movie with Blake Lively and Jason Clark that I'm going to assume includes some kind of subplot about someone being blind. I know nothing about it, uh, but it's on Blu-ray. It's actually a main plot of the film. There you go. Hopefully it's Blake Lively on a surfboard. But she's blind? Mm-hmm. So she doesn't know that there's a shark. <laughs> yes. Okay, great. Jason Clark plays the shark. <laughs> uh, Homeland, the complete... Jason Shark. <laughs> <laughs> Homeland, the complete sixth season, is out on Blu-ray this week. Uh, in this one, she walks towards the camera. At least that's what it looked like from the cover. Taboo Season 1. Didn't know that was a show. So you can get that. Of course you didn't. It's Taboo. <laughs> um, the Sandlot is getting a 25th anniversary Blu-ray this week. I'm pretty uh, sure it's just a slipcover with the old Blu-ray underneath. I think, I think so, too. 
But, you know, it's the Sandlot. So if you don't own the Sandlot yet, you should go get it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what this next one is. Uh, it's Jackie Chan Presents Reset. I think it might just... I, I think it's a re-release. But it's hard to tell. It doesn't really tell me here. Or it might be it might be a new Kung Fu film. I, I don't have time to read the words on the screen. I just have time to open the link. <laughs> That's really all I can be bothered to do. No, I, I actually just can't tell from anything here. Because it says... It keeps saying February 5th. 2018 which is obviously today uh when we're recording this but i don't know what any of this means it's my mom's birthday anyway so maybe maybe if you like jackie chan stuff that he produced or or may or may not be in because it may or may not be a re-release you can get reset uh there's a re-release of the old planet of the apes movie in a cool looking subcover thing so check that out a re-release of a movie where apes evolve from man yeah, nobody's seen that before. There's got to be an answer. Uh, Kino is putting out The Aviator, but not the Martin Scorsese one. Is that the one with Christopher Reeve? Yes. <laughs> uh, so you can check that out. Okay. Getting into the good shit. Uh, walking Out from Shout Factory. I know what this is, but I think it's some dudes in the snow. I think it's kind of like The Mountain Between Us, only no one falls in love. <laughs> <laughs> no, Idris Elba. Yeah. Uh, Bill, Bill Pullman tries to, get, like forcibly get uh, his son through the snow with a rifle maybe i don't know i'm guessing based on the cover but it's from shout factory so the blu-ray will be great victor crowley um i do have that coming which uh looks it uh, now i don't know anything about this but it looks to me like the dude who played hatchet killed the predator and took its mask <laughs> and is then wearing that while he assassinates airplanes. Yes. Is that what this movie's about? Yes. Because that's what this cover's about. Yes. Adam Green took a lot of time to make a movie that you could understand. (laughs) (laughs) I will say. Just by the cover alone. (laughs) Couldn't he have found a bigger hatchet? Like, this hatchet is tiny. Either he's giant, or he found the smallest little hatchet. Well, it is Kane Hodder, so many axes will look small in his hands. Yeah. He's fucking gigantic. <laughs> no. Just saying. Um, it looks fun. I need to watch rewatch the first uh, three Hatchet films before I watch fun. Victor. I don't think it's going to matter story wise, but no, <laughs> they go to a swamp and they get murdered. I know. Like... But I want to relive. I want to relive the magic. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, the 1966 film, The Diabolical, Diabolical Doctor Z, which has a pretty cool looking cover. That's my new with, rap uh, name. <laughs> with this, with this dope ass science guy with his cool sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And then some lady, and the some last word glass. in shock. <laughs> Get it? Z. No, no. Yeah, it's the yeah, le- would be the last letter. the The <laughs> last word in shock is ch- shock. There's only one word in shock. <laughs> the first and last word in shock. Uh, <laughs> second to last thing from Arrow this week is the gruesome twosome from 1967, uh, which looks to be. A film in which a nice, nice school teacher lady bleeds green everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, she... dude, this this person's getting their scalp cut off by this other crazy. Yeah, person. by one of the gruesomes. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty hardcore. All right, uh, and then the winner for this week. I mean, at least in my book, uh, is the 40th anniversary of Smokey the Bandit out on Blu-ray this week. Yes, from Universal Pictures. Go check that out if you don't already own Smokey and the Bandit. Because uh, it's dope as hell. Yep. Damn you, Smokey! Remind me to go home and hit your mama. <laughs> no one <laughs> says that. It'd be awesome if they did. It would be really good. 
Uh, anyway, that's Blu-rays this week. Awesome. We also watch movies throughout the week in a segment Brad calls, You motherfuckers been watching movies? This is what I've been watching. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what you watch this week? You what did I watch this week? Not a lot, because I was working a ton of it. These motherfuckers been watching movies. Uh, I watched A Feudal and Stupid Gesture, oh, which cool. is the uh, National Lampoon biography. Um, yeah, it was it, it was entertaining. Um, the the <laughs> I, I it if it, it made me like as it's going along, it made me look up on Wikipedia uh, like what like what extended information I could get from what they portrayed in the movie. And oddly enough, a lot of the dialogue in the movie is taken verbatim from the Wikipedia articles. Hmm. So it's almost as though the scriptwriters uh, did all their research from the Wikipedia post. Um, but yeah, still fun. Um, didn't uh, know that much about Lampoon before, and now I do. And uh, dare I say that's about it until we get to James. James, what did you watch this week? I watched less. <laughs> I watched a Super Bowl. Me too. It was pretty good. Yeah. I, the, yeah. I watched the end of it. Yeah, spoilers for why I didn't watch anything this week. Part of it was I watched a Super Bowl. I went over to uh, one of my coworkers' homes. He's from Philadelphia. Oh, wow. And he, when they spoilers. won, he, yeah, he, he was in such shock. He, he didn't cheer. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. So... The, the last play of the game, you know, Brady throws that Hail Mary. Yeah. And <laughs> it gets knocked near, hits the ground, and he stands up, and it, the play was over, and they're, like, already running on the stage, and the confetti's flying. And he's like, is, is it over? Did, did, did they win? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said, Boston, they won. He, like, and he, he couldn't believe it, and he never cheered. He was just staring. He was just like, nervous the whole time. Like, he couldn't believe I'm gonna that be the so Philadelphia Eagles won. A lot of people didn't believe in their lifetime that would happen. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. It and it was good. a really good game. It was a good game. I mean, you know, there was constantly, like, scoring, and the there were there were commercials. There were. There weren't a lot of great ones, but there were some good movie Mission trailers. Impossible. We <laughs> trailer was well, awesome. we will get there. Hold on. <laughs> but just, you just put a pin in that. But anyway, um, that's, like, genuinely the only thing I watched. Sorry. Oh, you know what? Actually, that's not true. I did rewatch the... Um, I rewatched Kingdom of Heaven. The director's cut this week. It's mm, a good movie. Um, because after well, I got back from this that that hellish long trip, um, and uh, I wanted to watch a hella long movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and Brooks had never seen it yet, and that movie is very important to me. So oh, yeah, we sat and watched through it. And it's funny nice. watching it this time. I'm like, hey, it's great. And the director's cut is the correct cut of that film because there's two major plot arcs that are missing if you if you don't watch the director's yeah. cut. Um, like basically, Eva Green's character makes no friggin' sense in the mm-hmm. theatrical cut, but it does also get pretty slow. Like I have to admit, like that that section right before the war starts, you're like, okay, I cut. Basically, spoilers for the director's cut, but basically the whole part where she finds out about her son, that whole part actually gets surprisingly slow. Um, so I understand why they cut it the way they cut it. Um, but anyway, still did, did a, Brooks like an it? amazing f- film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. Yeah. Uh, that's you know, I'm always when I show my wife movies that are important to me, I'm always nervous. Yeah, because you know, it's like, <laughs> does this mean anything to you? I had to have the conversation beforehand of like, hey, I just want you to have fun with this, you know. And she likes her favorite movie is Braveheart. Like she's, so gonna, she's she was gonna be fine. Yeah, it wasn't like I was making her watch, you know. 
Army of Darkness and she only likes chick flicks, you know? Um, <laughs> what do you think? Quite the opposite. Uh, I pointed out to her the other day that, like, I don't know how many times in the last year I've I've handed her a stack of movies to choose from and I have put the the Joss Whedon Much Ado About Nothing in there and she has still never picked it. And I'm like, there's something kind of nice about the fact that, like, I keep handing you Shakespeare romance films <laughs> and you keep not wanting to watch them. Um, we watched, uh, I didn't talk about this, but we watched Crazy Stupid Love a couple weeks ago. And, of course, movie. she loved it because it's, it's fucking amazing. Yep. Um, but anyway, uh, that's genuinely all I watched this week. So... Zach? Hmm. Um, uh, I watched a couple things. Um, so I uh, I saw Phantom Thread. Uh, That's too bad. Paul Thomas Anderson's newest movie. No, it isn't, and I'll tell you why <laughs> later. Um, but no, uh, it's good, actually. But How many milkshakes? No, there's none. Right. Uh, Straws. I, I, here's the thing. He's not the most important part of that movie, which is really interesting. Um, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson? Because that would be a surprise. No, Daniel He pretty much makes himself the most important part of everything he does. See, you guys are joking, but when we talk about another film a little bit later, you'll understand why Phantom Thread's superior in romance in every way. <laughs> um, so, but, no, like, t- without spoiling anything, it's about a dressmaker who falls for a young waitress who becomes his muse, and the story becomes about... na 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 Oh, not that muse. <laughs> not that muse, though. Uh, <laughs> I derailed Zach. Jason, uh, Jason Muse and Phantom Thread would be amazing. <laughs> um, hey, you guys gonna knit me this sweater or what, fuckers? <laughs> I would take that sweater sleeve and fuck it. <laughs> That's what be Jason Muse in it. Yo, man, you haven't had your asshole licked by a man in a coat made by the house of Woodcock? <laughs> um, but no, so it's its story is is very reminiscent of something like totally reminds reminds you of Rebecca, but it doesn't like outside of one sequence, it doesn't go into Rebecca's territory. Like it doesn't try to step into that area. Like it keeps itself pretty like it's its own thing. Um, it's beautifully shot. Um, I, I'm amazed they didn't shoot it in 70 millimeter. They only shot in 35, but the way it's framed, it would look glorious on a 70 millimeter print. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis is great in it, but the real star of that film is Vicky Crapes, the girl, uh, that's playing opposite him. She is, uh, like revelation. I had no idea who the fuck she was. Cool. Uh, Leslie Manville's really good in it too. She's, um, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's Kurt sister who's just, like, very, like, stiff upper lip. Like, this movie's very British. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's a very British film. And it's unlike anything he's made since Punch Drunk Love. So it's it's very... While it contains structures, a story structure similar to a There Will Be Blood or The Master, it's dealing with stuff that I haven't seen him deal with since Punch Drunk Love in terms of themes, in terms of content. So um, it's only an hour and 30 minutes? No, it's two hours. Oh, okay, okay. It's, 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 two, it's two hours and ten minutes, but it's... it's that's it's, actually pretty short for him. Yeah, it's that's u- not terrible. It's ultimately, it's a love story, but it's the weirdest love story I've seen from him, and that's coming from the person who watched Punch Drunk Love before, which isn't really weird. It's just, it's it's unique. Let me, can I put it that way? Like, it's just very unique. Um, like, yeah, I, I mean, again, I would check it out. I... I'm still trying to figure out in my head if it really deserved a place on the Oscar list above some other stuff, but it's whatever. Like it, it had a good campaign behind it, so I'm not gonna 
bitch and moan about that or whatever. Um, and um, I uh, managed to uh, uh, catch uh, I, the documentary on um, uh, Return of the Living Dead, More Brains, which was really good. You were right. It was, it was really, really good. good. Um, I was. I like that they're brutally honest in it. Yeah. Like, Dan O'Bannon sounds like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, no one liked him. <laughs> yeah, um, which is interesting because I started reading a book called Shock Value after that, and they talk a little bit about Dan O'Bannon, and you kind of get some of his side of the story, but he'll also understand that he's kind of like... If you watch uh, the Return of the Living Dead Blu-ray on sh- uh, from Scream, they have an interview with him where he talks about a lot of mistakes he made, and he wouldn't be that way again. And Yeah, he, um, I mean, he's like... Like anything, it's like you see the problem and then you go like, you admit you man up to it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Does um, he still look like Orville Redenbacher? <laughs> he does. Always wearing the bow tie. Yeah, I was like, isn't the one on the Blu-ray, that's his last interview, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's like in a, like a weird, darkly lit like apartment room. I'm like, oh, yeah. you also Aww. wrote Alien. Yeah. That's so um, sad. Yeah. And I also watched the documentary on Fright Night, which made me watch Fright Night again. And nice. it's pretty good. That's a three-hour documentary on the movie Fright Night. Oh, Don't, like the 86 one? Yeah. And uh, it, it might be my favorite Roddy McDowell movie next to Planet of the Apes. So there you go. Um, I finally saw Terminator Genesis. Good um, for you. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how many plot holes here I can plug up. Just yeah, it's, grab it out here. I think it's a fun movie. Uh, yeah. It's not yeah. as bad. It's not the dumpster fire I was expecting from everything. Like That being no. said, though, I... This is the first time a Terminator movie's made me give a shit about the timeline continuity, and I, because I never really cared before. I was just like, it's a robot who's sent from the future to either kill or defend a little boy. I don't care about time paradoxes and bullshit. But this film is so wanting me to care. Yeah, it's, so it, wants me to care so it's much. So, it's so concerned with that issue and so does that part poorly. Yeah. That you're like, oh, oh. It's like it's like a kid who's really trying hard to color inside the lines but just can't do it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, Arnold's fine in it, though. He's fun. Like, oh, yeah, I, no, he's, he's pretty great. In like, that. he has some great moments in it. Um, that movie would have been better if you didn't know that John Connor was a Terminator in the trailer. Oh, yeah. Like, that oh, yeah. reveal is... I was thankful that I didn't rewatch a trailer prior to watching it. So, like, anyway, that was that was that. Um, I also rewatched Pet Cemetery. That movie does not hold up. <laughs> um, oh no, it, it's, it's awful. I will say though, I still enjoy um, uh, uh, Fred Gwynn as um, Jed or Judd. He's oh yeah yeah that's he's fine. that's a great performance. Still, um, I think it's it's. It was tailor made for him. Like he's still effective in it. Like it's the other people I have a problem with. <laughs> like Denise Crosby is like really, really like weird in the movie. Like she's just, she she feels like she's on the verge of like having a stroke or something half the time. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it's a pet cemetery movie. I wasn't expecting the moon. <laughs> um, so, um, so I kind of revealed it to you guys this uh, this afternoon. Um, I finally decided to watch a movie that I had been holding off on for two years. Um, uh, Mr. Gray saw me today. No. And I saw Fifty Shades of Gray. Yeah. The first one? Uh, yes. Um, I, no. um, I prepared notes. You have great things before you. <laughs> um, uh, the, let me tell you right now, the notes that I have written uh, span so long that it takes five strokes to get to the end on my phone. Hey, hey hold on just a second. got to turn your mic off. <laughs> There we go. How you guys doing? <laughs> Good. Fuck you. I mean, Ryan, what'd you watch? Oh, it's so fucking pleasant in this room. 
<laughs> Holy shit. Ah. Do I turn him back on? Say, Let's give him a second James, chance. Are you saying shit? <laughs> hey. Hi, I'm back. Oh, okay. Shit goes in the closet. So, wait, shit goes in the closet in my room? <laughs> yeah. Say, Uncle James, don't fucking say shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> don't say fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> That was a mic drop by your son there. <laughs> Good job, Holy buddy. Holy shit. Oh, uh, my gosh. Hey, he just told you not fucking say shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Good job, buddy. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, okay, so tell us about the sex movie. Okay, so. While this child is in the room. So, yeah. so I want to watch you describe what he does to her while you look at this little boy. <laughs> oh, my God. James, that's like the most horrific sentence I've ever heard. Stare him in the eyes when you do it. <laughs> oh, this is awful. Your 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 sick mind is more intense than this dumb vanilla piece of garbage. I know that I paid two ninety nine to rent on i on well, iTunes. What you you rented it? <laughs> yes. Paid? To, what the fuck is wrong with you? I couldn't find it on like HBO, Showtime, or whatever. The I had, reason the why did you just wait? Because I wanted to prove a point. These guys want to give shit about Phantom Thread and PTA and nonsense. So I oh, submit to you, whoa, Paul, whoa, Tom, whoa. Paul Thomas oh, Anderson was able to make a better version of Fifty Shades of Grey I, without showing is, a single boob. That is not an achievement. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, yet, the reason why I can say horrible things like I just did is because I also know that this movie that wants to be really risque and edgy isn't... Exactly. It's yeah, kind of fucking Thunderbolt 2 makes more sense than Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, like if what you the took... fuck? It <laughs> <laughs> has a Nazi brain in it, okay? If you took every sex scene from every Lifetime film made in the 90s and cut them together, it would be more risque than Fifty Shades of Grey. So, but what I want to point out is that, so like Phantom Thread's box office is $35 million, and whatever, it's, a, it's an art house picture. I get that. Fifty Shades of Grey has made... Hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes. I want to I'm know going to why bring, this country is full of I, I'm idiots. I'm going to give it more money in just a few weeks. Okay, yes. so anyway, um, if you've never seen this dumpster fire, it's the story of Dull and what the fuck having a relationship in a series of different He's rooms. He's a billionaire. You a, just don't get it. Oh, Zach. Um, all right. Hey, what the hey, fuck Zach. does he do? Zach, Zach, you want me to blow your mind? What? All the events of the film take place in the matter of like eight days. That makes sense, given what the timeline that I saw. So anyway, the, 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 the things that are coming out of this man's mouth are so unbelievably dumb. Like, one of these things is like, I don't love. I like to fuck hard. Like, what the fuck? I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I remember then, that. Then he shows him his, play, her, his playroom, and she naively says, oh, like, where you have your Xbox and whatnot? Not exactly. Uh. Opens the door. It's full of flogs and whips and all that See, shit. See, if I wrote that movie, she's like, keep your Xbox. Like, no, bitch, my PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Anastasia so much. You need to rewrite. So anyway, but like, uh. but they don't start off that way because she, she has to be, she's a virgin, guys. So she's got to experience like loving consensual uh. sex before she, before she can get into any of the hard stuff. Spoiler alert. There's no hard stuff in this bullshit. And so... In between that, he takes her traveling around everywhere from Seattle to Portland. So, two cities in a row. Um, but 
and she gets uh, and so and this is the thing that like baffled me by the end of the film so she gets spanked up to two to three times in this film and the only reason that she doesn't like being spanked by the end of the movie is because oh now i understand that he means it i'm like no, this, none of this is this. Just, just wait till you see the next film, and the first thing that happens is she asks him to spank him. Then you'll really want to th- climb through the screen and choke someone to death. So anyway, by the end of it, like she realizes, like, oh, you get off on, like, on this for whatever reason, and I don't want to be a part of it. And the movie um, had this line somewhere in the middle where it's like uh, it's a cut, it's a like a, a, a cut from one angle to the other of like Anna Christian, and then the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> her getting in the elevator, not wanting this relationship anymore, and goes Anna Christian. Elevator door shuts. Movie ends. There's no resolution. There's no arc. There's no A, B, C, and D. There's no story. Well, let me let me so, let me so tell let me you about how you. sequels work. So, so, okay, so that leads me to the last thing that I saw this week. Okay, which I finished watching in your room here, in your uh, living room here, not more than about forty five minutes ago. Okay. I watch Fifty Shades Darker. How? As well, on my phone. What? HBO, HBO Go. <laughs> they did not have the original. They only want you to see the most recent see, chapter. If you had, to get ready if for you had X- Xfinity, then you could stream them both unrated. You know what? That's that's not my choice in life. Un- <laughs> unrated what? I don't know. I've How, never uh, turned wh- them off. Wh- you know wh- what? Wh- I don't think unrated would be able to help me understand what happens in the sequel. So the movie takes place. Five minutes later from the first one. Yep. Yep. And she's got a new job, and her boss looks like is a rapist. Lo- looks like Bradley Cooper. Looks like skeezier. Dan Stevens. Yes. Yeah. He yeah, does kind of look like Dan Stevens, but like way worse, and like mm-hmm. make me want to punch him. And more anyway, rapey. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, she goes to an art gallery of her friend because her friend from the first one's a photographer, and he's in love with Anastasia. But I guess it doesn't really matter because he just looks like a sad dope. There. It doesn't matter. Uh, what the fuck's that dude's name? Christian. Christian. He bought all the pictures. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he bought all the pictures, which I guess is the only admirable thing he's done because the nope. first question I want to no. know, because the first question I want to ask is like, if she's, if he's such a good friend, wouldn't he have asked permission to put a bunch of photographs of his friend that look like stalker photos up in an art gallery for everyone to bid on? It's like, it, it, it made no sense to me. But anyway, so they have dinner and they oh, decide like, wait. they have dinner and they decide like, oh, well, I guess we're just going to like start the relationship again but no rules, no boundaries, no whatever. Yeah, this, which this was time the whole no which was supposed to be the whole point of the first movie which was trying to negotiate this contract that that features so many terms that never come to fruition such as vaginal clamp, uh, anal fisting. Okay, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Move on. I'm just saying if this movie wanted to be anywhere near as exciting as this like if it oh, wants it to doesn't. Be, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be released to theaters. It needs to be released to Netflix. No, um, where the where the rules don't apply. Apparently, nothing about it actually wants to have any kind of conversation about. No, because it wants because t- it like Twilight. It wants yeah. to tell a story of people who shouldn't be falling in love because one has the upper hand in the relationship and doesn't. It. It's all about abuse, guys. Anyway, That's so true. um, they're going through their whole deal, whatever, and then all of a sudden, like. Chris or uh, Anastasia's boss decides to go full Harvey Weinstein and try to like touch the shit out of her and she gets angry and leaves and whatnot and then suddenly she becomes the fiction editor of a big publishing company which I'm like god I I didn't realize that's how fast business works cuz this was in the span of I don't know 36 hours <laughs> 
Oh, less than that, because the whole second movie takes place in about four days. And then, like, and all this time we're trying to figure out who the fuck Christian Grey is, which I want to know too. And I guess like his mom was a crack, uh, mom was a crack whore, um, who died. Hey, hey, Marsha Gay Harden, um, the mom from Mystic River, adopts him. And then at fifteen, he learns from Vicky Vale how to have uh, submissive sex or something like that. Yes. Um, but it doesn't matter because he's not a dominant or a submissive. None of, he's a none sadist. of that matters. He's none a, of it is the conflict. He's of the a film. sadist because he likes to hit people that look like his mommy. Which you know, okay, Christian Grey. The third movie should be you going to therapy, buddy. Because anyway, so but it's can, not. They get married. Yeah, I know. So they she he proposes to her. She it's it's all this will they won't they bullshit that doesn't fucking matter. And then like the but it doesn't matter here comes, here because comes, here we comes, got here comes we got to the oh, greatest so we got to this great scene that oh. you guys described to me last year and I'm so excited I watched it because it is the best part of this movie it's so great so he's flying a helicopter in the jungle somewhere which I guess is supposed to be from Portland to Seattle yeah because like again the maps don't apply in these movies guys no he can be anywhere he was in fucking like the beach at one point so. They're flying. He's flying with his assistant, and then all of a sudden, it starts smoking out of nowhere. So I don't know. Did like somebody sabotage his goddamn helicopter? It looked like nothing was wrong yeah, with that damn yeah, thing. Yeah, El James sabotaged it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm seeing that. Deus mocking us. I got you. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the the thing crashes. They hear on the news like, oh no, Christian's plane is helicopter is crashed. They're all there, and Marsha Gay Harden gives this impassioned speech, going like, "You'll have plenty of more time with him." Because you've changed his life and you've changed our lives. And I'm like, I don't understand how she's changed your life in the span of two weeks. The only thing she's done is gotten your son out of the house. Yeah. So, so, but then it doesn't matter, guys. None of this matters. There's no, there are no stakes in this because he appears in an elevator. All well and fine. Barely scraped. Yes, the news The news has <laughs> just announced that he's died in a helicopter crash when he arrives in the elevator. I was perplexed. And then the movie ends with... A, conf- a, con- a confrontation between Anastasia and uh, Kim Basinger where she throws wine in her face and then Marsha Gay Harden, who I don't know what the fuck she knows about Christian's life, but suddenly tells her friend that she was buddying up with 10 minutes ago to get the fuck out of my house and stay away from my children. <laughs> like, do you know that the, the other thing was going on? There's so many fucking questions. And then the next scene is him going like, oh, I just talked to my mom. I'm going to give up my business. I'll have the boys deal with it tomorrow. Like, well, first of all, what the fuck do you do, idiot? And second of all, okay, he fine. He has money. He it, just it, is it will, money. It will eliminate a problem for me that I have, which is like, how do you have so much money that you can make it your mission in life to save the world from hunger? Which is like such an ancillary plot point. You don't need to mention that. You could be like, yeah, I run some charities. That's all you need. But there's like essential plot points that have to say, no. We run this charity. We run this charity. It doesn't fucking matter, and yet it does somehow. I don't fucking understand. And the movie ends with um, Harvey Weinstein. I'm just going to call him Harvey Weinstein because all rapists are Harvey Weinstein at this point. Yeah. Anyway, Harvey Weinstein looks over um, a hill at the Gray Mansion, and he looks at a photo that he took of a photo of the Gray family, (laughs) which was so dumb. (laughs) He took a photo, and he did this. He printed this photo just so he could – take a cigarette that he was smoking and put it on Christian Gray's face because guys it means something in literature because he was burned with cigarettes when he was a kid and that's why he she can't touch him on the chest I had an aneurysm after this movie guys oh yeah remember the box he draws on his chest of places you can't <laughs> touch oh, that's him right. I forgot about that and then when they're, tra- oh, and then they're like, 10 to- minutes later they take a shower and he's like hey you can touch my chest now. he's like just stay in the lines <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm like, no! That's, and also, by the way, in both movies, know. anytime they take a bath or a shower, they're using an old-timey sponge. He's a rich guy. I'm sure he can afford a fancier sponge it's than that It's a hipster one. sponge. Really, the sponge he's is your a, problem? I can't understand you. <laughs> he's not a hipster. A hipster does not dress in $50,000 suits. Um, I don't get that at all. Yes, no, they do. I don't do. get that vibe from him at all. Anyway, anyway it's terrible. It's, it's garbage. I'm it's glad human you garbage. enjoy that. I'm probably going to go see Fifty Shades Freed because yeah. the Alamo's doing a screening where you are allowed to laugh your ass off. Wait, you're not supposed to? I was going to say, at the normal, I'm pretty I, sure we did my, last year. My, my assumption is that at the normal screenings, they'd prefer you not. Well, no, like, me and James ruined it at the last one for some people. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. So, because but It's an uncontrollable with, thing, though. I know, because when the helicopter crashed, and then he's like, what's everybody doing in my apartment? I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, it it's, was insane. The, guys, like, I just, I, if you want... A sexy. I'm, I'm sincere on this. If you want a sexy movie about who runs the relationship, go watch Phantom Thread. Don't go fucking watch. Go watch Blue shit. Valentine. Yeah, you can watch that too. I don't care. Don't support this bullshit anymore. Well, fuck. I'm you just paid for it, to... asshole. I know, <laughs> right? And I want my money back. You just you just gave the money and then said, "Hey, you're gonna come with us to go see it in a couple weeks." You know who I realized, Zach? You look like Ben Mankiewicz from Mankiewicz from AMTMC or whatever it is. Like he's like oh their... Ben oh uh, the guy who introduces the TMC. Yeah, the TMC. Thanks, because I saw like they're doing the Philadelphia story at like a Fathom event. I'm like, oh, that guy looks like Zach. <laughs> My long lost father. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you hear me, Ben Mankiewicz? Call me. Mom wants alimony. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was this week's episode uh, Fifty Shades Darker or Molly's Game? Because I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I watched this week, except for one other thing. But I think we're gonna wait and talk about that as a group. Okay. So yeah. Uh, I I texted Brooks this week to see if she still wanted to go see Fifty Shades Freed with uh with with us. I know. I, got, I think I got week? is hers a four one nine number. Oh well, yes. Okay, because yes. I figured that was her, but I'm like, who is texting me? Her her response to me, however, was, "I've been waiting for you to ask about Fifty Shades for so long. It's the only thing I want." <laughs> why do? Why? Oh no no no! no I it's, hope it's you very guys are to be fun. I hope this is the case. <laughs> oh yeah, no. She Good. last year when we watched it, we got out and like cause we'd been dating for like five months at that point. Yeah, and we got out of the theater, and she was like, "I thought there was something wrong with you." You were laughing so hard at some points. I was like, is he okay? It's an experience I can't even... Because it's like it's like Twilight. They give me headaches because the dialogue so is so dumb. Good. And the, the, the way the movie is made and shot is so terrible. But... I will, I will give Twilight only one thing. It's better edited than a Fifty Shades movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause, cause oh, everything what? about... Twilight somehow makes more sense. So <laughs> the thing with Twilight, and this is the only praise I'll give it, yeah. is it's not poorly directed or edited. Right. It's poorly written mm -hmm. and poorly acted. Mm -hmm. But that's not... There's only so much you can do in directing and editing garbage. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Also, I feel bad for... Because I think Bill Cundin's a great director. Yeah, he's a great director. Um, Billy Burke. I also feel bad for Don Johnson because the world's gawking at his daughter naked. That's a, that's a choice she made. I, I, I agree. Well, but do you think that the star the of Miami just Vice you're looked at his baby child one day and said, like, honey, now you're going to bear your ass to the entire world one day? So She's the, making a lot of money. I bet the $20 million makes it okay. That's yeah. true. That's not the first time that's been a situation. No. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just, I'm just wondering how Don Johnson feels. 
Mm-hmm. I want to know what. Well, one day maybe play? you'll be so lucky to experience. That. I'm sure he was like, "How come no one cast me in the movie?" <laughs> <laughs> I could have played Christian Grey. <laughs> that would have made it creepier. You, you, you guys got a part for me in there? <laughs> <laughs> Does she have a dead? I could play her dead. There you go. Anyway, so yeah, I, 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 I don't regret it, but I do. You I'm, should. I'm torn. Anyway. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, I didn't watch <coughs> too much this week. I've been traveling, but because I was on an airplane. <coughs> sorry. Um, okay. Um, so my favorite thing to watch on the airplane is Friday the Thirteenth, uh, two thousand and nine, because <coughs> it's like an hour and thirty minutes and it goes by really fast. Yeah. And then there's times when I realize that I'm watching Friday the Thirteenth on an airplane. Like, so I, with my little boy, I always pick the seats in the very back because I don't want to be the guy who has a kid in the middle and he's crying, but he actually sleeps through the flights. He's really good. But anyways, so we're right next to the bathroom. So I'm watching Friday the 13th and you know that part in it where he's like, you got like perfect nipple placement, babe. And she's like totally fucking him. So I'm like watching that and I look like I can feel someone by me. And in my periphery, there's like this old dude watching it too. I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah. So I here you I, go, old man. Here's something <laughs> for the road. <laughs> on our on our flight back, uh, I looked over at the end, like two seats over at the end of the uh, at the aisle seat in my row, and there was a guy on a big laptop the whole flight watching the first season of Dexter, and he was clearly like I think he started with the first episode, and I was like, that's a pretty ballsy move to watch Dexter, you know, because there's like whole piles of like body parts, you know, yeah. um, it's a pretty gruesome show, and this guy keeps murdering people, and then I thought. It's also showtime, so there will definitely be a lot of nudity on this flight. And sure enough, like forty minutes from the end of the flight, I look over and there's this, there's, there's a she's she's a prostitute, um, having sex with a man in a in a uh, um, uh, in a, a, a hospital, um, totally topless, good long extended scene, and I'm looking over like watching his face mostly. Because he is completely nonplussed by the situation. He's in the middle of the plane, doesn't give a fuck. Literally, there's children in the row mm. behind him. And he's like, the show's really good, man. Yeah, it's, I got to see what happens. I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm watching. And I didn't even realize until the old dude was like watching over my shoulder. <laughs> and his just flew over the top of the seat onto your head. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. <laughs> and, you know, then Jason butchered someone and then he stopped watching. But uh, that movie's fun. You know, it, Sometimes remakes get a bad rap, but it moves really quick and it's pretty violent. And the, the chick who's naked is really hot. Um, <laughs> Violence killed his old man boner. Yeah. I uh, I watched The Good Place with Kristen Bell. Um, oh, oh yeah, Ted Danson. Yeah, the it's, Netflix thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think it's on NBC or something. But uh, oh, okay. I got on Netflix because you can download it, uh, and it's actually pretty funny. She, she plays a woman named Eleanor who dies and she goes to, they don't say it's heaven, but it's where all the good people go. The <laughs> good place? The, the good place. Yeah, it's really called the good place. And Ted Danson is like the guy who's in charge of the neighborhood. And when you're in the good place, it's everything that you wanted or loved in life is part of it. So she she was a lawyer and she helped um, like starving kids in Uganda and stuff. And so she had a little modest house and she loved clowns, and so she had clown paintings. And then about two-thirds through the first episode, her supposed soulmate that they found for her, she, she pulls him in, and she says, yeah, that's not me. They made a mistake. She's like, I'm a pretty bad person. So it's like they made a mistake letting her in, and uh, so it's her trying to like become a good person while she's there. 
and it's a pretty funny little show and it's made by the guys who did the office um and they can't cuss up there so she says stuff like mother forker and it's really funny because they don't overdo it but you know what she said it's a it's a really clever cute little show what what happened to the nice lawyer um i don't know maybe he she went to the bad place Season two. Yeah, so I've watched, I think, five or six episodes. It's it's a pretty great little show. Cool, that sounds good. Um, I watched uh, some uh, some good old Dick Van Dyke on the flight, too. Um, like Ghost of a Chance, which is a brilliant episode where they go to a log cabin and um, they think it's haunted. Um, I always I, My favorite episodes of Dick Van Dyke are always the one where either Rob or Laura is jealous of the other one. Mm. Um, and uh, so there's this one where this singing weather girl shows up to... Because uh, she finds out Rob is, you know, a big shot comedy writer, and um, she tries to sneak into the industry. Yeah, she's, so yeah. she's using Rob. Um, and then I, I love the teacher's Petri one where Laura's in a writing class, and Rob thinks it's because the guy wants him to come down and lecture, but the real reason he's in love with Laura, <laughs> and Rob doesn't get it right away. It's really great. <laughs> um, and I just love those episodes. Uh, and the last thing I watched was. Uh, Sherlock Holmes and Game of Shadows because every oh, once yeah. in a while you got to watch you know Robert Downey Jr. Uh, have fun and you know that movie's pretty good it I think the first two acts are it's pretty solid but I think the third act really picks up when they're in like the party and uh, it's really a game of chance mm-hmm. where they're sitting and playing uh, chess together mm-hmm. and him and Moriarty are just going back and forth I think it's really awesome um, my, my only issue with the film because uh, I love it but is that this is gonna sound weird? I feel like the the final act is very rushed in in places. Like it feels too quick, mm. almost like it's kind of gone very quick. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I mean, it, that's my recollection from having the last time I saw it was probably a year ago. So, but yeah, I, I, I still love it. I yeah, love it, um, who plays Moriarty, Jared Harris. Yeah, yeah, he's really good in Moriarty. No, and you know what I I. I I just really like Guy Ritchie films. I think they have a great energy to them, mm-hmm. and they move really quickly. I mean, that movie I think is two and a half hours. It just blows by. Um, I like his sense of humor. Like he got Mycroft naked in that movie. Like, yeah, it's, it's not really necessary, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Oh yeah, Stephen Fry is really great in yeah. it. Um, you know, and uh, and Robert Downey Jr. is really great at playing uh, that character. And I still want him to do it again. I oh just, yeah, I think I think they're working on it. I, I mean. I think it's just because Avengers he, takes well, up a lot that, of time. Yeah, <laughs> and he makes $50 million on Avengers. So yeah. yeah. I would do it. Yep. And that's all I watched this week. Cool. Also, Guy Ritchie's working on that Man from Uncle 2 film. So Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. Dream on. Hey, movie news. It's real news. Okay. Which trailer do you guys want to talk about first? Um, should we just like do a roulette and just spin the wheel and see what comes up? Yeah, yeah spin sure. it, Brad. Go ahead. Round and round and round it goes. Good thing you spent all that time no making knows. this before this episode. I know. I, it took my whole week. What? That sounds like... I don't know why oh. it's making a slurping sound. <laughs> it sounds like dirty, wet sex. <laughs> I don't know what it's doing. <laughs> this is the grossest roulette wheel I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm going to destroy it right now. <laughs> My, Michael Winslow is a guest today? <laughs> uh, but before I destroyed it, it landed on Solo, a Star Wars story. I've been running scams on the street since I was 10. 
kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of my own. I'm going to be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. Hey, kid. I'm putting together a crew. You in? That's yes. I might be the only person. Who knows? What you really are. What's that? Thought we were in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine. Oh! oh. Mm. There's shots in there that look really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm pleasantly surprised by how much I think this movie looks great. I like the music. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's one of those things. I'm actually not that worried. Um, I know it, people are up in arms. Well, one, I think Ron Howard's a great director, and two. I think they're going to pull it off. I, but how much well, did he fix? Yeah, we'll never my, know. My we'll only concern know. is that, like, he's what he's not is a doctor. Like, mm-hmm. he's not somebody they've done that with very often. And so, you know, he can't. I agree with you. He's a great director, but he's a guy with a really great vision. Whether or not, you know, we'll we'll, well see you, how you, how effective he is. You can go on Hollywood Reporter. I think he reshot seventy percent of the movie. Really? Yeah. Holy shit! Damn it! That's oh, a lot. Sure and they're doctor. and they're doing <laughs> reshoots right now again. Ugh. Oh my gosh! Well, hopefully it ends up being great. Yeah, uh, I'm worried because there's not a lot of dialogue in the trailer that they're not confident in the performances of. Well, the I think so. uh, they're supposed feels... to release another trailer today. Yeah, they did. They did. I didn't yeah. see yeah. it. Uh, you just heard it. Oh, okay. Oh, also, it is a good one. Okay, it's I like, like two it. lines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a little more. He's definitely got more dialogue than is in the Super Bowl trailer. Um, Alden, he, he, Alden's putting off the right energy for it. So yeah, huh. yeah. It'll just be. I mean, it's exciting to see. I'm. I'm just glad to. Feel excited for it. I like the energy of it, like the energy of the mm-hmm. trailer. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's kicking your ass and making Agreed. you feel it's fun. Beautiful. Oh yeah, this, the the ships going through the clouds and stuff. Yeah, looks pretty great. Dude, that snake train, snake train. <laughs> that was cool. The lo- the solo logo though, when it's flying in, does it feel a little like not good? Under rendered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's made out of cardboard. <laughs> Face is under rendered. Ooh. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's not fair. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll no. fix it. All right, Brad, spin the wheel again. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Wait, we destroyed it. Uh, I rebuilt it. And it's, wow. It's a less gross one sounding one. <laughs> now with fart noises. <laughs> hey, look at that. Mission Impossible, Fallout. Ooh. Oh, I love that one. Your mission. Should you choose to accept it? I wonder, did you ever choose not to? The end you always feared is coming. And the blood will be on your hands. The fallout of all your good intentions. 
You had a terrible choice to make in Berlin. One life over millions. And now the world is at risk. This is the CIA's mission. If he had held on to the plutonium, we wouldn't be having this conversation. His team would be dead. Yes, they would. That's the job. You don't understand what you're involved in. You need to walk away. Please don't make me go through you. How many times has Hunt's government betrayed him, disavowed him, cast him aside? How long before a man like that has had enough? That's not who we are. Maybe we need to reconsider that. So, how is he? Oh, you know, same old Ethan. I find it best not to look. This trailer's badass. Hey, this is the winner. He, <laughs> this thing is so freaking remember good. Remember he flips Superman in that back, like, like against the wh- mirror? Yeah, he throws that other dude through the fucking glass, and you and you didn't even know it wasn't a wall. Oh, bah. God. Bah. It's so good. I, I love, too. What, there's a line in it where they said, how many times has Ethan's team been accused? And, oh, yeah. And Ken Cavill like, saying it, yeah. Oh, shit. Does, does Ethan, if Ethan Hunt snaps and goes rogue, would be awesome. Yeah. I, 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 if he does, I think it's it's just a red herring because he's trying to yeah. uh, oh, yeah. isolate the real culprit. Oh, of course, framing him. The uh, in the trailer that came out today, the not not the Super Bowl trailer. Um, there's also that good line where uh, the, the the some lady who's clearly got uh, some authority is like, well, if his team had done their job, the plutonium wouldn't be. And they and he's like, well, they'd be dead. And she's like, yeah, that's his job. Like his job is to get killed in the line of action, you know, um, which is, and Michelle Monaghan makes an appearance. Yeah. That, that was crazy. Well, she was in the was last like, oh. few, just not. Yeah. But she was like over there. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen. It's like, I can't, I can't see her because my life. <laughs> oh, and that's that shot where the dude, the like prisoner dude is in like a train or something as it's going into the water and the camera's locked to the train. So the water is inceptioning around the train yep. car. Holy shit. That's worth the whole movie. That's so good. I haven't seen Rogue Nation yet, but what? did Ving Graves return in Rogue Nation? He's always there. He's always there. Okay. Yeah. I didn't Luther. think so. I don't remember yeah. him in I don't remember him in Ghost Protocol. It's been a while oh, since yeah. I've seen these movies, guys. You should you should see them. I just, he's I just always there. I just know that Tom Cruise is he's, trying to climb up to a helicopter and, not and see you saw more of the stunt and you're like, oh, this oh is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once I saw the rope hanging from the from the helicopter, then I was like, oh, that shot of him on the side is the end of the stunt, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and now it's okay. Uh, no, that was pretty awesome. Cause the, and then he falls down the rope. Oh, gosh. That's pretty incredible. 
And I love that they use the shot of him breaking his foot in every trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know what? This cost us a lot of money. Use this shot. It's the most expensive shot of Tom Cruise ever. <laughs> <laughs> it, it cost us like three months of production. And the poster's badass, too. Yeah. Everything about it's good. Man. The All right, back to the right. wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is All it right, Christopher McQuarrie? Yeah, yeah. It's, this is the first time the same director's done two, and I'm really excited. I was disappointed when they announced that. But. Didn't the poster remind you of Skyfall just a wee bit? <laughs> I thought I I was feeling that. Oh, Damn. I'm gonna spin it very okay. lightly this time. Okay. Hey, Jurassic Park: Fallen Kingdom or Aww. Jurassic World: The Fallen Kingdom. Do you remember the first time you saw a dinosaur? Hey, Blue. But you don't really believe it. It's like a miracle. Something's coming. It's a T-Rex. It's a T-Rex. It's not a T-Rex. Blue, come with me. You know you can't stay here. Jurassic World. The island. You're all right. Easy, girl. All of that is in the past. Am I dead? Not yet, kid. I want to show you the future. What is that thing? They made it. out of here yeah um speaking of helicopters with ropes does that that this one's got a dinosaur on it it's dinosaurs i'll see it uh, i still don't know what the story is uh the island is is 2012ing and so <laughs> they they have to get all the dinosaurs off. You're, you're not selling me cuz I didn't see 2012. It's, it's so the, I don't want to see 2012 with dinosaurs. <laughs> it's the Lost World story where there's a billionaire company that wants to make more dinosaurs and so they have to get them off the island to go Well, except make crazy dinosaurs. In this case there's not a cool villain. In this case the villain is the 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 island is falling apart and we have to save the dinosaurs cuz they're animals. But nature but we also accidentally brought them to San Diego and put one in a little girl's room. I want to see it. It looks cool to me. I like I, dinosaurs. I mean, I'll see it. I just, I like I just don't understand too. what this plot is. <laughs> I, hope it's a, I hope it's good. All right. The next one on the wheel. Okay. Okay. This wheel's hard to read, so you're going to have to help me out. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. It, 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 looks like, it looks like we've still got Ant-Man and Cloverfield, and, and we've got that Deep Blue Sea... What, what what did we land on? All right, I'm going to stop it on Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's a great one. I just have one question. When Cap needed help, if I'd asked you, would you have come? I guess we'll never know. But if you had, you'd have never been caught. I do some dumb things. And the people I love the most, they pay the price. Thanks to you, we had to run. We're still running. Let's go. 
you just need someone watching your back. Like a partner. Hold on. You gave her wings and blasters. So I take it you didn't have that tech available for me. No, I did. That was a really good one. This is this is more fun than the original Ant Man trailer. That oh, yeah. I did not like. I'm excited um, for this one. Yeah, it's cool because it it really emphasized like the powers they can do and mm-hmm. yeah, the the building strings into a suitcase. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, there's this. It looks it's fun. fun. Yeah. yeah, it look it looks like a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad to finally have a trailer for it. So I take it you didn't have that tech when I was around. No, I did. <laughs> <laughs> So it should be good. You know, the the first Ant Man is a really good movie, and it caught a lot of people off guard. I'm interested. I'm always interested in these like third tier characters, yeah, for Marvel to see how well they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they usually, well, you know, Black Panther is like on track to have the g- biggest opening of any of them. Yep. Like, holy shit! People are saying great things about it. Yeah. I love that Stan Lee, for years, was trying to get Ant Man and nothing else made. What Ant Man? <laughs> <laughs> People will love it. <laughs> All right, Brad, what's next? Uh, I don't know. Deep Blue Sea 2. Uh, no, uh, you, re- you read that wrong. You read that wrong. It's actually Skyscraper. Uh, which we, we got a trailer of, uh, for Skyscraper, which actually looks kind of cool because he only has one leg. Yep. I'm sold. Anytime it's The Rock, I'm sold. Yeah. My parents were sold. They were like, can we? My mom was like, can we watch The Rock? <laughs> nice. I mean, it's just Towering Inferno, but with The Rock with one leg. Yep, and running and jumping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Good for him. But at least he didn't break his foot. Um, okay, you want to no, do? No, he lost his foot. You want to do Deep Blue Sea? Uh, is there anything else? Uh, well, yeah, and well, in Cloverfield, but then that tur- that turns into its own article anyway. So and then Avengers. Um, well, yeah, but Avengers is just another Avengers trailer, but it's cool. You get to see Cap's new shield. Yeah, it's, I mean it's only like thirty seconds too. Yeah, yeah, but every shot of that trailer, I just want to pause it and look at everything in the background because it looks so cool. Yep. Like every shot is like, oh shit, there's. There's, you know, Doctor Strange and Iron Man, and there's, like, Rocket and Thor. Uh, they, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. It looks so cool. I was amazed that I it piqued my parents' interest because they, they're so behind on MCU. So, yeah. But now I think they're going to make the plunge to watch them to catch up for this one because they want to see it in the theater. Oh, so. so good. Um, yeah, Skyscraper. Oh, yeah. So Deep Blue Sea 2 um, it looks like shit. Yep. Uh, it has remote control sharks. That they say are bull sharks, but then they keep showing great whites. Yeah, I don't understand uh, either. Uh, the, I, I don't know. There's that one shot where the dude's got his arm in a shark. Yeah, there's probably there's more like stock footage of great whites, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. Uh, well, or they just assume that no one knows anything about. Um, yeah, I I am curious to see. You know, the title "Deepest Bluest" by LL Cool J. Uh, it does imply you can't go deeper or bluer. Um, so I'm really curious to see what the song title is going to be for, for this film. Deepester, um, bluester. Yeah. More... We somehow found a way to go beyond. <laughs> <laughs> more deepest, more bluest. 48 meters down. <laughs> uh, oh, and technically we'll do this one too uh, before we get to Cloverfield. We also got the uh, the full-length uh, Dundee trailer. 
mm-hmm. during the Super Bowl, which I actually thought worked pretty well. Like, I was disappointed to have already known it was an Australian tourism thing because when you saw it, you were like, oh, that was really clever. Like, good job, guys. Uh, but that one they put out last week with with Margot Robbie and Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman, and, like that was awesome. I, I, like I, I wanted to see that movie so bad. I don't just run this paper; I run this town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the villain is a newspaper man. Oh, God. Are you serious? It's my favorite type of villain. <laughs> oh, it was just really fun. Yeah. Like they made a great trailer. I I want them to make that movie. And we also got a trailer for The Quiet Place. Um, oh yeah, we did with uh, Emily Blunt. But didn't it, didn't they already have a trailer for that? Yeah, I, I feel like it's a new one though. But uh, maybe I, looks maybe great. I, yeah. Also, yeah. well, when John Krasinski talks through it, and, like explains the trailer to you, because no one says a word to the yeah. trailer. She's so pretty. Uh, and very last thing, we got a trailer for a new Cloverfield movie, uh, which was t- called Cloverfield Paradox, and immediately went on to Netflix, uh, where it failed that, into obscurity. No, I'm just kidding. That's a very interesting uh, marketing ploy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they it's 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 I mean, like a more extreme version of what they did on the last one where, you know, the last one was like no one knew anything about it until 3 weeks earlier when they were like, "Hey, here's a trailer. Go see it now." <laughs> this one this one was, "Hey, here's a trailer. Literally go watch it right now." Um, it's an interesting choice. Yeah. Uh I'm exci- I haven't watched it yet cuz it was that was last night. Um I know I, Zach has, but shut up. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have if I didn't have today off. Oh, like, no, that's all good. But I got up at like five and I saw it. I didn't even know this happened. And I was like, well, fuck, I'll watch it now. No, I'm I'm excited to see it. So, yeah. um, anyway, and then yes, uh, yeah, okay. So that's all the trailers. Emily Blunt is going to be in Jungle Cruise with The Rock. Yeah, so I, I only talk about that because it's Emily Blunt and Ryan has is a big fan. Emily Blunt and The Rock. I know. That's double trouble. And, and a Disney, Disney film. Yeah. Triple. Right. I will see that. That the, sounds great. The only way it could be better for Ryan is if Spider-Man showed up somehow. Tom Holland was in it? Yeah. Ooh. He's The Rock's kid sidekick. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, sci-fi and USA are going to start saying fuck now. Fucking A. Thanks, Donald About Trump. Fucking time. Well, they said they were going to start saying it on The Walking Dead. They never said it like yeah. this first half season. Yeah. I, mean, I don't care, but... Brad pointed out with, that with this whole uh, this whole shit countries thing, um, the, they're saying the word shit on the news like all the time and not worrying about it. And it was only like 15 years ago that South Park had to make a whole episode and like make it was a big deal. deal. Out of it. I, yeah. If anything, they made the point right. Like, sure enough, NYPD Blue saying shit one time. Now the president can say shit whenever he wants, and it's, and it's on the news. I will say shit as much as I want. Shit, shit, shitty, shitty, shit, 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 shit. shit. 168 <laughs> times. Uh, um, in other news, uh, well, also in Cloverfield news, uh, there's apparently already a fourth Cloverfield film, uh, which was a movie called Overlord that's already done filming, and they might just rebrand it and release it somehow, maybe depending on how this Netflix thing goes. Um, it sounded cool because it's set in World War II and it has yeah. like aliens or something. I don't know. Like, it just sounds fun. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's good. Hopefully the new one's good. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully things are good. Uh, speaking of things that are good, uh, there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show called Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, and it's got like a, it's got a different, it's got a different look. Brad, how do you, how do you feel about look? Uh, looks good. Um, but I didn't watch the previous show, so not really on my radar. Well, each turtle's a different turtle now. So like... Raph oh, is a snapping turtle. Oh, um, cool! Mikey is whatever other turtle. They're all yeah. have like different and species. Kind of embracing the 
like uh, individual touches that the Michael Bay. Yeah. Is one of them runs. a girdle turtle? Maybe. Mm-hmm. April O'Neil is now an African-American. Yeah. Right on. The Passion of the Christ is getting a sequel, which is ironic because I think he died at the end. I'm pretty sure Family Guy already did this joke. <laughs> uh, you crazy, absolutely. Jesus. You crazy. That's what my ex-wife said. <laughs> Jim Caviezel has confirmed that he's growing his beard back out because he's got nothing else to do. Uh, Tom Hanks is going to play Mr. Rogers. Nice. Which is pretty perfect. Yep. Walt Disney did Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Did, they, did they say in they're that article when it's supposed to come out? I don't know when they're done with it. They got the doc. <laughs> they got a documentary come out in June called um, uh, "Not by June." Won't you be my neighbor? Um, so maybe that'll get people to go watch the Tom Hanks one. Yeah, I think Tom Hanks will make uh, people go see the Tom <laughs> Hanks one. Um, no, I, I mean I think they're pretty early. Oops, I actually ah no, everything's gonna start playing. Make it all stop, dear Lord. Okay, I killed it. I killed it with fire. And the very last thing, uh, same man say. Uh, ugh. The words aren't working. Sam Raimi is going to direct uh, a film based on the King Killer Chronicles, uh, which is an adaptation, I believe, written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yep. I don't know. I'll watch it. <laughs> I yeah. have no idea what it's about, but I'm like, oh, Sam Raimi's going to make a movie for the first time in I don't either. seven years. Yeah. What I was the last it, one he did? Oz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's while. he's been doing he did some TV episodes but yeah I mean yeah. he got paid fifty million dollars not to make Spider Man four so <laughs> I would make <laughs> whatever I want doing okay he should just make an Evil Dead movie he should just <laughs> not make more Spider Man movies like I want that to be my job every four years I don't make a Spider Man movie and I make fifty million dollars uh yeah anyway I think that's news unless I missed anything John um, Mahoney died oh yeah. yeah right um yeah the dad from Frasier and yeah. uh. The general in uh, Iron Giant. Yes. Yeah, right. And um, he was also um, one of the um, elderly CEOs in, um, uh, oh, no, he was the chief, the male chief in uh, Hudsucker Proxy, uh, which is a Sam Raimi script. Directed by the Collins. Yep. Um, and, uh, but yeah, and I think his last movie was actually the uh, Rob Reiner movie Flipped, which I haven't seen, but. Oh. But yeah, he's 77. Life well lived. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, well done. And the only other thing I can think of is like, like the Uma thing, but that's just depressing. To... If you want to talk about it, I, I so like if you don't know, like Uma Thurman came out and told her own Harvey story, but then she also revealed that she had footage of a car crash on the set of Kill Bill Two, and apparently, apparently safety was violated to the extremest degree, um, and um, but. She's tried to clarify because Quentin doesn't make statements right away, I guess, is like she's tried to clarify that he's not she does not blame him or whatever or is Hmm. not like she's not angry with him. But regardless, it's it sucks to read that 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 even happened. Yeah. So it's going to it's one of many things that is happening. Hollywood sucks right now at this point. It's all burning with fire. All the parts I like are good. Oh, yeah. I mean. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of good parts of Hollywood, this week on uh, Real Nerds podcast, we saw a movie starring Jessica Chastain, um, Molly's Game. Mm-hmm. James, should people go see Molly's Game? I didn't see it. Fuck you, uh, <laughs> Zach. Should people go see Molly's Game? Yeah, yeah, I, it's really good. Um, good for Sorkin right out the gate with a directorial debut. Um, I was really fun. Um, it doesn't feel as long as it actually is. Like it's two and a, it's close to a two and a half hour film, and it flies pretty fast. So. 
Um, yeah, and Idris Elba and Chastain are great in the film. You know, like she's great. Like I missed watching her. I haven't seen her in a couple movies lately, so I'm gonna probably backtrack and watch the stuff I've missed because I loved her in Zero Dark Thirty. So anyway, yeah, go see it, Brad. Uh, yeah, uh, I liked it. Um, there were there's a lot of like information that flies by at you, uh, and I, I couldn't process it fast enough. So that part I didn't like as much. Um, but once you get to the end of the information, you just got like, okay, I'm going to go with, you know. <laughs> uh, so I'm not really sure how things worked. Uh, but, um, yeah, it, it's it's an it's a interesting watch. Um, nothing that I'm like. Like, I probably wouldn't watch it again, but um, it was entertaining while I was there. Yeah, it's uh, it's an Aaron Sorkin script, so it, uh, th- it flies by because he's a really great dialogue writer. And he's... Uh, and he's an adequate director. I mean, I think there's some things I didn't like, but, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not a big fan of, like, pull-in shots when nothing's really happening, and they did that a couple times. Um, yeah, like when Idris Elba was talking. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, like, suddenly on his mouth only. I'm like, yeah. why? Yeah, so, I, I mean, I get he's just trying to find a style, but I, I'm not a big I'm fan I'm a good of that. writer. Pay attention to the words. Um, but, yeah, Chastain's great. Uh I really loved Kevin Costner at the end of this movie, his Love. little scene with her at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kevin Costner's so great, and he's really good when he's has like little minor roles too because you realize how powerful of an actor he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you should see it. I think the movie's really good. Um, here's a trailer from Ollie's Game. I'm Molly Bloom. Do you know about me? This is a true story. You ran games in L.A. for roughly eight years? Yeah. And then you ran games in New York for roughly two. I haven't run a game in over two years, not to spoil the ending. But that's when the government raided my game and took all of my money, assuming all of it was made illegally, which it wasn't. In this room, you couldn't buy your win. I'm all in. You couldn't buy me, and you couldn't buy a seat at the table. Movie stars, athletes, billionaires, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You're not taking a percentage of the pot? No. Keep it that way, because you don't want to break the law when you're breaking the law. Am I breaking the law? Not really. We're able to find out for sure, aren't we? Laws are written down. You had meetings in L.A. about your broken life rights. I did. You spent eight years running the world's most exclusive, glamorous, and decadent man cave. In the office? Guarantee the publishers certain elements, then I can get you a million and a half. What kind of elements? I passed. I'm just curious as to why you pass on what would appear to be the only way out you have. You have to use real names. Creative differences. The law that I'm accused of breaking defines gambling as betting on games of chance. Yes. Poker isn't a game of chance. Poker's a game of skill. Why does a young woman who, at 22, has a gold-plated resume, why does she run poker games? Your risk is nuts. You're going to get blown up. You got $2.8 million on the street right now. That money should be in your hands. Just how deep into the Russian mob were you? There's a new offer on the table. Complete immunity. We hand over the hard drive. You've seen what's on those hard drives. Families, lives, careers will be ruined. Why are you in this alone? Where are the people you're protecting by not telling the whole story? It's not their names. I'm protecting Charlie. It's mine. Tell me why! Because it's all I have left! Because it's my name! Molly Bloom was a uh, U.S. skiing, like, really... 
Olympic skier. Olympic skier, really high ranked. Um, a freak accident derailed her career, and she's trying to figure Fucking out tree limb. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to figure out what to do, and she got mixed up in a the Hollywood like poker game. Um, that underground poker. Underground poker at the they called it the Snake Pit or something. The Cobra. Really, the Cobra Lounge. Yeah, yeah, they changed the name. It's really the Viper Room. Uh, I was reading some behind the scenes stuff. And player X is supposed to be Toby Maguire. What? Who th- yeah, who they're saying is like who he is in real life was Toby Maguire. Oh, gross. Um, and uh, so they never really named him, but people also involved are like Ben Affleck and uh, a couple other. Like who really was big. who was her boss that got her into that? Uh, they they never really said, but it's like another like hotshot Hollywood guy who. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, so she, so part of it, she, uh, the names were changed. So even in the movie, like Player X, they never name him, but she's like, oh, I know who you are. And it's played by Michael Sarah, who's pretty good in it, too. Um, and I like to destroy lives. Yeah, it's like just like a, such a great delivery by him, man. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. You know, I, I get what you're saying, too. They're talking about some parts in the, the poker. You're like, what? what, what? Like, yeah. like, I can't even keep up. Um, like I know how Tolden works, but still, yeah. it's just like you know, if the ace runs the river, and then like, and the clock strikes three, and then this will have like, oh, okay, yeah. stop. It's not the same, but <laughs> oh, he lost. I get it. Okay, yeah. it's not the same, but it reminds me of the Big Short when they're saying all the different yeah. technical terms. Right? Yeah, it's kind of like I can just I'll let it go. They'll explain it in an analogy later. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think if you watch the movie enough, you'll probably catch up on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why what I really love the Big Short is when. You know, they cut away and it's Margot Robbie in a bathtub. She's like, just when you hear, um, you know, that's bad, just remember it's shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and they, they do the same thing here to a degree. I mean, like, it, it, it's irrelevant what she's saying and how it makes an impact because you see the impact. So you can kind of like the dots connect for you at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's really cool how she um, kind of outsmarts everybody. Mm-hmm. She So she's this cocktail waitress and she gets a side gig of this poker game that's run by her boss and she uh her boss says if you guys want to come back next week you guys are going to tip molly then molly figures out she can make like three grand a night by doing this poker thing Mm -hmm. so then she starts kind of overtaking it and um making more money bringing more people in having the like her playmate playboy playmate friends help her um and then she kind of gets too big for it and the one guy kind of tells her what, is, what does he say? What is it? What gets her in trouble and she ends up funding her own game? Oh, it's, uh, um, I, uh, it's something pretty great. But anyways, so she has a falling out with her boss, and instead of she changes the date and changes the location of the next game, and she kind of overtakes it. Mm-hmm. And then something, some stuff happens within Player X's involvement, and then they have to move to New York, or she decides to move to New York and do it. Bad Brad. And that's when, and that's when they start kind of doing even more of the pocketing thing, mm-hmm. um, which gets her into trouble. And she she does drugs, which kids don't do drugs. Um, listen to Jessica Chastain and don't do them. Um, and then there, oh god, that scene. She's Where brutally she gets, assaulted by yeah, the mob. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking intense and just, ugh, just... And it's it just goes to show, too, she started getting in way over her head. And what I did like about the script, too, is it it kind of doesn't give you everything. It kind of leaves you in the dark with, you know, who is this person? What's Why are they doing this to her? Um, and it'll leave it a little vague as to, is she playing Idris Elba? Exactly. Um, because she has that... And he even calls her out on it. And he says, don't show up in a court looking like a Cinemax uh, 
you know, actress or whatever he says, something along the lines of that. And um, I like how it felt like the most optimistic Sorkin script I've seen in a while, especially for referring to the film stuff, because Social Network's pretty fucking bleak. <laughs> Um, Steve Jobs has hope in it, but it's also shadowed by the fact that it, we know Steve Jobs doesn't live much longer after that, you know? So this one kind of feels like she doesn't like get away with everything. Like she, she's sentenced lightly, um, at the end of the day, but you know, it just feels like it's a little bit, it's uplifting somehow. Like it's not, I don't know how mm. to explain it, but anyway, I have a question for you. Kevin Costner at the end. Is that like because he finds her like he lucks into f- finding her at an ice rink in the middle of New York? Well, he said that he called her her mom, and her mom said she was there. Right, but they play the scene a little bit like he's in her head. Yeah, like he, he's he's a manifestation. Um, and then he doesn't say anything in court. Like he's just there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's just still with her in her head. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, well, maybe I don't know. No, uh, I, but I guess he is at the dinner at the end. Yeah, there's a. What was I gonna say? Uh, when I was in the theater and they mentioned her, like I don't, like I knew of the Bloom family. I mean, they went to see you and stuff. And uh, and they mentioned at the beginning. She said, "You know, my name's Molly Bloom. I grew up in Littleton, Colorado." And this guy next to me is like, "Woo, Colorado!" I'm like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> We're all here yeah. right now. Cool story, bro. We don't need to know we're here. It reminds me of the Simpsons movie when the guy goes over the intercom like, Citizens of Springfield. Like, woo Springfield! <laughs> exactly what it is. It's really obnoxious. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, then it's basically following her, I guess her prelim through court, like her... Her arraignment. Her arraignment, yeah. Yeah. It's like, because she's going to plead guilty. Well, I guess not. <laughs> Spoilers. She's going to plead not gr- guilty yeah. initially. Yeah. Yeah. Not but guilty. then she decides <laughs> that she's going to um, because she finds this loophole where she thinks poker is not a game of chance. It's actually a game of skill. So what they're trumping her on charges with won't work. And she's really smart. I mean, it, they make a big deal about how hmm. smart she is. Mm-hmm. I mean, she shows it in yeah. throughout the film. Eh, it's a good film. Yeah. If I had only one criticism, it's it's it doesn't even seem like it's a fair one. But, um, I it's kind of like what you were saying. I guess Sorkin's trying to figure out what he wants to do visually. Yeah. Because up to now, he's had other people choose the visual aesthetic for him, and like of all the Sorkin things, this is the one where no one's really walking and talking. Yeah. They're just standing and talking, what? which is fine. Yeah, and I think he just—he's trying to be creative with it. When you know, they're just talking in a an office, but mm-hmm. sometimes you don't need that. I think that it'll be interesting to see if he keeps directing beyond this. Like, I mean, I'm, well, I'm sure, sure he wants he will, to, yeah, because um, he's but, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> but it, yeah. I mean, first time out the gate, like he's clearly learned a lot from other oh, people. Yeah. Um, the, the and then just one other thing that kind of irked me a little bit, but I got used to it was. The way they're flipping back and forth between uh, past and present felt a little weird at first, but then I just got used to it because that's what its style is. Like it feels like th- they want dialogue from one moment to lead into the next moment, but it doesn't oh. do it the best way. I don't know. Well, that's just a Sorkin thing. 
Because yeah. he does well, that. I feel he does like that, but I feel like they do it Moneyball. really well in Steve Jobs. So yeah, he does it. He does that in everything. Yeah, and, and then, Money, Moneyball is one of the most obvious ones because literally the flashbacks in Moneyball are like the next sentence. Like they are, they are an extenuation of the scene before them, uh, right. or after them. And then, but, I mean, but like, but it, what I'm saying is, in Molly's game, it doesn't feel like they're always able to. They're not, they're not as fluid. It's not as fluid, no. Like the Moneyball ones, you're like, oh my god, this. Every time he does it, you're like, this is brilliant. Yeah, and or in Social Network, where it's like, I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense why you would yeah. go from this moment to this moment because they're they're they're, they're actually your, really kinetic. You, yeah, you know, yeah. So I don't know, like like I said, and that might be in the hands of a better director. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, again, like the, the the social network ones work because Fincher <laughs> cuts it great, and you know, and, yeah. and Danny Boyle, you know, it's... right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Again, yeah. it's a director. First time out the gate, you know. Like, I, I can't wait to see what else he does. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. So yeah, cool. go see Molly's game uh, next week. What are we seeing? I don't know. Do you want to do Clo- Cloverfield? Ah, <laughs> uh, we can do Cloverfield. Yeah. I mean, it's either that or it's what. Um, well, we're, it's not Fifty Shades because I don't think we're going to be able to pull that no. off. No, and if I saw that without my well, I wouldn't see without my wife. Oh no, but. no, no! I'm not seeing it without uh, the, the whole group. Peter um, Rabbit is the only other thing. I think Cloverfield. I'd rather good. see Cloverfield. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's cooler. Save us ten so. bucks. Yeah. By, cool. By paying our regular seven bucks <laughs> per month. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, next week stay tuned for a Cloverfield review then. That's awesome. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.